Hello and welcome back to the Age of Empires Definitive Podcast. Uh, we've been trying to have a regular weekly schedule and uh, so far so good. So far it's been going well. Um, I'm joined by Jack, also known, aka known as Egg. Uh, I'm also joined by Chris and uh, I am, I've been known as Robert. I'm also known as Lazero on the online interwebs. Uh, how are you two doing today? I, I know uh, we're coming from different points in the day, um, but but hopefully hopefully we'll have a good show for you today. Yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks. Uh, it's a Friday, so ready to start the weekend. Lots of Age of Empires coming up. Dwine from the week. What about you, yeah. Chris? I'm I'm kind of all tied up in all sorts of crazy knots, but in in the ideal place to just sink into an office chair and uh, probably four <laughs> hours of Age of Empires after all said and done on this pod. So uh, hopefully that's ahead of me, and there's not too much housework to do. Yeah, I mean that that, that sounds like a plan. Um, so we're we're gonna get right into things. Uh, I guess the my, the only announcements that I have is I think I'll link the Discord. Um, where where's I haven't really been promoting it, but we've had a couple of people join, so so I thought maybe we'd promote it a little more. Uh, right now, we're a really small community, but um, it's also nice sometimes to have those small communities where people just kind of talk about what they're playing or things about the game and stuff. Um, and perhaps in the future, you know, I've been I've been I've been thinking of. Uh, you know, this may be well in the future, but like uh, having some kind of like monthly event in the Discord and stuff that that could be a thing. Um, but for now, I'll just promote the, the Discord itself, get some people talking. Um, yeah, and then we'll we'll go from there. Uh, otherwise, I think we'll we'll jump right into the show. So for this show today, what we have is uh, we're going to start off uh, with the campaigns. I managed to play through the first two missions um, of the campaign. Um, Egg might be a little further ahead of me. I'm not quite sure. Um, but regardless, this episode will definitely contain spoilers for the first two missions uh, in the campaign. So if you don't want to be spoiled, uh, you can maybe skip forward about 15 minutes per se. Um, yeah, just to clarify, I... guys, that this is um, the Edward Longshanks campaign yes, from the new yes. expansion. It's the first two missions of that. The first one's called Vain Ambition, and then the second one's called A Man of God. So it's just those two which are going to potentially well not potentially they will get spoiled for you today yes well, and i, I have ever, the pl- uh sorry, what were we gonna say chris <laughs> i was gonna say as ever i'll uh, dive in with newbie questions i've not actually had a chance to download the expansion yet let alone crack on with the campaign so i might ask some very basic questions but hopefully there'll be a couple of people out there that would benefit from uh kind of uh starter yes. level intro on on the uh, the new campaigns for sure for sure i agree and, and hopefully it can help me out uh with with some of that um yeah i also have the uh the my playthroughs so if you want to see me uh lose the first mission within about 10 seconds feel free to do so i'm gonna have um, to ask it's... about that we'll, we'll let, i'll let you carry on but i'm we are gonna have to get the story on that one uh yeah yeah so uh yeah we're gonna look at the first two missions let, let's start with it let's let's start with that so uh i load in the first mission um i will not be describing these from a very historical thing i think something maybe when i've played through all the campaigns i might go back look at the history of all the individuals have that be a segment blah 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 continue conti- uh what's the word continuation from the original version of this podcast that was aoe one perhaps maybe whatever six months in the future i'm not gonna worry about it now uh the the thing that i would like to say though is first mission starts off you have a bunch of characters and you sen- essentially have to escape um i believe you're being chased by by a baron of some kind or someone who had I'm gonna be honest. It's it's it's, uh, it's been a week since I played it, but I'll I'll re- I remember visually more than I remember the uh, 
the details per se of the campaign. But yeah, what I'll say uh, is so you start out in Hereford. Yes. Now my geography is not amazing, um, but I believe that's close to Wales. Yes, it is. I it's imagine just on board so. The border. It's in. Uh, is that like kind of near Gloucestershire? Is it in Gloucestershire? I was down there today, so maybe I was actually doing my research without realizing. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's. it's many medieval uh, men dressed in Good old England Welsh border, uh, north to south. It's kind of on the south edge, I believe, of the very, the south of the Midlands, really, in, in English terms. Um, yeah, there you have. It. There's some geography. Uh, I will say you don't start on the south of the map, though. You do start on the north. Uh, I guess the top left uh, of the map. Um, the the way I lost the thing, the the campaign, the first time, is instead of going down to the docks, I I headed for the gate. Ah, uh, uh, amateur mistake, though amateur mistake i mean but the, i mean that's the fun of the campaign of especially this part of the like the very beginning mission uh and then i just kind of got into a fight and i'm like i could take a four and four and then i didn't i didn't you know for heroes they're pretty bad uh <laughs> yeah and they're they're all infantry right you have uh the two heroes um which is obviously edward edward the first known as edward longshanks apparently because he's very tall that doesn't make a lot of sense to me because for me like i've seen too many like american movies where a shank is a knife in prison <laughs> yeah. so obviously shank meant something originally which is you know you get a shank of like meat right as well maybe it's a leg i don't know but he has long yeah, legs it is. Yeah. ah right so that's it edward long legs or long shanks um, <laughs> and his mate with a very french sounding name Gil- Gil- gilbert de claire uh, gilbert oh, yeah. de so it's those two and then it's two men at arms is like how you start out the mission right i i also i like i don't I don't know if you know. Uh, do you know French, Egg? If I may ask. No, because I like how your pronunciation would, was better than my pronunciation. Yet I, you know, the problem is I I, I live in Canada, right? And so do, have, do you speak French? It, uh, ben oui. Uh, we we have an accent like that. Oh. That's the, uh, no, 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 no. See, you you went French France, but but with Quebec French, you get you get a little bit different. Uh, yeah, no, I am totally pretentious as well. I go straight in with the French stuff, you know. Um. Yeah, it's it's so interesting though how how I I was laughing how your pronunciation felt more accurate to a France French pronunciation than I probably could pull off. Uh, that's what I was amused by. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, this is what happens when I you live in a country with two official languages. That that could be a whole whole you know campaign breakdown. I mean, technically speaking, and this will be relevant uh, in England, we have uh, a few languages. Well, maybe not in England, in the United Kingdom. So we have Welsh is a is a big thing here, yeah. allegedly. Um, the campaign to get a million Welsh speakers. I think I can't remember. What yeah, the so that's very thematic. I felt a lot like um, the English kind of conqueror, like everything I'm not supposed to be, <laughs> the evil English villain conquering everything in this campaign. Kind of language shame, but on our own doorstep as well. It's uh, you've got to be able to get away somewhere and not feel guilty for not knowing. But uh, yeah, from a moralistic standpoint, the campaigns definitely put whoever is the main character is just good. You know what I mean? Like they are the hero. <laughs> uh, I, I actually of... lost. I actually failed this mission as well. And I'll tell oh, you yeah. when I failed. It's after. So I, di- I didn't fall into the trap of trying to cross the bridge. I went on the transport ship. I, okay, um, I did that after too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got off the transport ship. And then it's the mass of light cav. <laughs> I thought I could take a fight against the light cav. I didn't realize I was just supposed to run from them. Yes. And and so the first time they wiped me. And then the second time I just ran all the way to Hereford, which is a town you need to get to with a four cav. 
Um, so I also put my hand up shamefully died on the first mission. Did did you play on the harder difficulty? I'm curious. Yeah, I played all of it on hard. Okay. I think I think I did. I mean, the reason the reason I did this is as well as like if my goal is to kind of record these vods every week, I don't want to be like losing. <laughs> so just just to be safe, I did moderate. So I did the There's no shame in that. Artist. There's no shame. That's yeah. the uh that's that's for the uh, real like the real experience, the easygoing experience. Honestly, it's it's nice sometimes to 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 not have to be like tryharding in every mission. I was actually laughing about this though, because there there's definitely times I'm like, okay, I want a little bit of challenge, and then there's other times I'm like, I just want to beat the campaign. So, uh, so be it. Anyway, you get to there, uh, then you kind of go across a bridge, I believe, and you have this little little encampment with some walls, um, and and it's like, okay, here is your base needs. Uh, start collecting resources, build an army, and then take down some castles. That's that's kind of the plan. Yeah. The first thing I did uh, was just wall up all of the entrances to the little island I'm on, and then just yeah. boom. Uh, that was the, that was my play. I didn't do anything. I just I was, I was expecting a lot more resistance, so I just walled everything, stone walled it. Yeah, all. yeah. I I thought the same thing when I saw it. I'm like, oh, d-, like especially because they had a timer for when you're going to be attacked. So I thought there's going to be like this giant army or something. It turned out it wasn't that much of an army. It was kind of more. What I ended up running into is like getting enough gold. To... I actually don't think I ever got attacked. I think I finished it before. <laughs> what what is so for my um enjoy for my knowledge or I missed out on that. What is the invading force? Uh, there's like. It was very underwhelming. <laughs> right. Okay. If, if my towers took care of most of them, and then I by then I had enough cavalry to to kind of take over. Just for so, the benefit of the uh, the blind man in the room, I've not I'm yet to see it. Does this does it have the feel of a a lot of the kind of older campaigns where you've got a kind of beautifully laid out, uh, well designed map, and you're kind of going around it maze style, or does this sounds like a bit of a hybrid one where you're actually do there's a bit of expansion in there as well, and you do get a bit of choice about base layout and all those things. Uh, I would argue it is hybrid because the first part is maze where you're trying to escape. Um, and then when you land, it kind of becomes uh, built yeah, up. Yeah, the first, the first part's the hero's adventure, right? And then you yeah. actually then get to take the kind of the building your army and conquering. I started by conquering the Welsh. Um, that's probably a bit of an English tendency. Wow. Wow. On the and, then I progressed, and then I progressed yeah. to return to where I came from. Um, which was the uh, Worcester. Now, I think they were saying on Reddit, and I didn't, wasn't paying enough attention, apparently they've been pronouncing the place names kind of as they're written. So they were saying like, War, Worcester. Interesting. Instead it of Worcester. Very strangely, I have to say. But, uh... I didn't <laughs> notice that, but then, then someone... You have... Go ahead. I... Wouldn't you have voice actors, though, that are from those regions? Like, Yes. Now, here's the thing they said is they said, well, actually, the old pronunciation was how it was written. It's just in modern times that we've now changed it again. Oh. So it seems like the amateur mistake. Oh, they've got some yanks to, you know, do yeah. the or whatever. But actually, if you're uh, it kind of makes sense that originally the way it was written was the way it's pronounced. And then you know we've heard this before as well. You know how um, us kind of arrogant, ye olde English kind of have this arrogance about ownership of the language, ownership of the accent and things like that. Apparently, um, more traditional English accents did sound more like your typical American-Canadian accents. And it's kind of, <laughs> if, you, if you look at it in terms of evolution, there's sort of a common ancestor further down the line. Um, kind of makes sense. 
Yeah, like so, yeah makes the sense. The intermingling uh, of Anglo-Saxons with, with uh, Frank, like the Germanic of Frank's people, makes it so that, like, because there's so much intermingling, and the French is actually a big, big influence in that sense as well, right? So, yeah. um, I, I guess, I guess traditionally you, you'd you'd have more of a mix of, of different types of people with different accents, so it wouldn't be as anyway. I'm, I'm theorizing here. <laughs> Another thing I noticed is in these campaigns, and I'm not sure if it applied to the first one, but there were different ways to win. Yes. Was, so I ended up like. I always took the conquering route to winning, but in some, in a few cases, there were kind of different ways to win. My approach is just to literally defeat the enemy, like destroy all their production, just destroy everything. Um, but I think there are more sophisticated ways to win in that one. Yeah, well, one, and my first one. Uh, what'd you say there? Sorry, I missed it. Oh, sorry, uh, just like sticking a wonder down in Canterbury or something like that. <laughs> would probably be quite a good way to do it. That would have been good. Canterbury Cathedral, right? Yes. I feel like uh, wonders are... They shouldn't have a wonder... It, like, don't you just win because of wonder? But it's like, that's not the purpose of the campaign. If you put down a wonder. like you can It's just, the coward's way to win, isn't it? The green Lamborghini it, it just... of Age of Empires, isn't it? It's just not necessary at any point. Um, but... But I feel like the campaign should not have the ability to just put a wonder. Like, I feel like you should have to complete the the objective campaign mission. Anyway, I want to mention, um, I end up going pretty much f- full cavalry uh, and a bunch of battering rams. and Cavalry? British cavalry? Well, I've been playing sh- Lithuanians so much that, <laughs> uh, that that I just went full out. Um, I think I had started originally, I, I was like, okay, I'm going to go like crossbowmen and then, you know, longbows and stuff, right? Um, but, uh, they're too slow. <laughs> You've got the mobility. They lack. They lack. Uh, they lack bloodlines, obviously. Um, however, having said that, you are restricted to castle age, which yes. gets you some benefit. And I can't remember the pop. It's always quite annoying in the campaigns that you're quite limited on your population as well. So I think it's maybe max one, two, five. Yeah, something yeah. along those lines. So actually, in a sense, the knights take up. They're more what we call like population efficient. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, regardless, more resources. So for each pop space, you're you're getting kind of more more bang for your buck, even though you are missing bloodlines. But other than regardless, that, uh, I, I would say that the I didn't. I was not too worried about losing the mission after I got to the the, the like town center area. It's just the, the gate. It's just the bridge crossing that defeated you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that was mission one. I mean, essentially, you just you had to take down two towers in a town center uh and that was kind of that um i i liked it it kind of gave you especially for someone who may be newer to the game it kind of gave them the the base already set up for you you don't have to worry about kind of building up too much um you even had like some of the basic uh units you could start with so yeah i think i think it was fine mission um i like the little starting and added yeah i like yeah the fact is in two halves right you get the hero's quest and then you get to play more kind of conventional age of empires after that good uh good way to start out yeah i think with that i'm gonna go on oh do you have any questions uh, no i was just just saying that sounds like a nice balance really um sort of sets the storyline and gives you some context to kind of bring through um okay the next campaign and i do want to take get uh, chris's take on this one okay 
it drops me in and it says <laughs> survive for an hour that's that's essentially the campaign um it's i believe it's a it's a uh it's part of the crusades and there, there's there's two towns falling and you have to go help them but you essentially survive for an hour um right like i know age of empires tends to be a longer game but being put into a mission and being like you can't beat this until an hour passes that's long is, uh, very long it's a now, little long I will, we'll stop you here in game <laughs> oh time. yeah you took over everyone didn't you oh is it in-game no time? no no in game yeah. time and real time are different so it wouldn't have actually it's not quite an hour so in game time runs at 1.7 oh okay, okay, okay yeah. so it'd actually be like 60 I can do this now divided by 1.7 35 minutes is how long it takes so it sounds terrible when you say it's like an hour right but then we're in we're in Age of Empires time, which is slightly. It already uh, sounds different. sounds quite scary from the start. What if what have you got at the start there? Are you, if you've got like three little militia and it's going. Oh, you've got a city. No, weapon. no, you've oh, got no, a city no, no, called. No, no. It, <laughs> it's not the difficulty of the mission. It's the the uh, annoyance of seeing one hour on the clock. <laughs> it puts the pressure on you as well because you don't want to go fifty five minutes in game time and then then die right because you feel like you've wasted. So in a sense, it definitely adds more pressure to you having that clock ticking down. I didn't realize this because I was like, I was thinking like, oh, I'm going to build up this whole army. At some point, I, I don't know if there's like 20 minutes of in-game time left or 15 minutes in-game time left. I'm like, oh, wait, no, I just literally have to survive and make sure the ally city also has one castle standing. So I'm going to stop trying to go out and make something happen. I'm just going to survive now. I was unsure how to pronounce it. So the city you're in, I think it's called Accra. Acre? I, I think I think that would be. Accra. I've never. Yeah. I've no idea how to pronounce it. Um, and then obviously the neighboring cities, uh, Tripoli. So I've heard of Tripoli before. Yes, yes. I believe it's in Syria. I think this is this? a couple of well. Are we this? Yeah, this one. Oh, no, sorry, it's Libya. Libya. <laughs> that shows you how good <laughs> my geography is. Yeah, English geography for you there. Did a I think you should you should have just not gone for it. You should have just named the cities and and, and continued on. You know that was much more impressive. Yeah. Um, no, what? I'll say I'll say this. I I I like. I think I did end up liking this mission because it was definitely a different feel. It's just like it's not a oh I need to take them out. It's just I need to I need to um be as efficient as possible essentially, right? Uh, with all the trades. Another one thing that I did pretty pretty immediately is uh, build a bunch of transport ships <laughs> to get gold. Um, so that was a nice nice thing. Uh, trade cogs, have... surely. Yeah, trade cogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's He's what got, I got, uh, Transporting AI gold, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I thought I was going to hear like a real new strategy that I had no idea about. Build a load of transports, right? Okay. Take all your units and then move them to <laughs> Tripoli or something. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, when I think about it, that would not have been a bad idea. Uh, if what was the stra- what was the strategy you went for um, in this one? Long, zero longbowmen and just survive. Oh yeah. So uh, actually, like towards the end, the siege onagers come, which actually they, they cause a bit of an issue. Did you get siege onagers at the end? Wait. See, uh, so the reason it, yeah, I, I I focus on the down pretty easily. To be fair, I'm also oh moderate, okay. So. So I, I struggled and I, was a lot easier. And there was like siege rams as well. So I had to add in Onager to help me out with that. Add my own Onager in. Did uh, you have your did you use archery? Or Yeah, so I went the combo yeah, longbow definitely. Because I'm playing Britons, I, I just want to make longbows. But then I had to add in other units. 
and I had to add in Lightcap to deal with Siege Onager because Britons don't get Siege Onager. That was tricky at the end. And the ships at the back was a real challenge. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I actually but, I figured mean, out a pretty good strat is that you take the monks and you garrison them inside the tower mm. and you pop the monks out to convert the ships. And then Ooh. as soon as they start attacking you, you re-garrison back into the tower. I like that. Did you put your archers in the, the, the castles and the, the tower? No. no. Oh, okay. Because that's how I end up keeping a lot of my units alive. By just... Is this a... Um battle where they've got constant production is it quite a, a balanced on no it comes in waves huge army kind of in the fog of war that just kind of is waiting for you sort of constant anxiety and threat no you're defending and it comes at you in waves mm. yeah okay. that's the setup for the mission now you venture out your base to do a few things you were supposed to conquer two smaller towns oh that does not happen for me <laughs> no you just you're like full forget about them we're not leaving the walls no, no, no I, I, I tried and then lost enough units that it, you know, why was my last 20 minutes just defending? Because I lost all my units trying to take out those bases. Oh, you're missing out. There's quite interesting mechanics. So you're, again, you're trapped in Castle Age, I believe. And if you conquer the towns and destroy their trade workshop, you get some Imperial technologies. Ooh. So things like chemistry. So now your mm. arrows are on fire. Stuff like that. So it's actually quite a cool mechanic. Whether it was nice. worth doing it, because I lost a lot of military to do it, but I was also quite bored. So I thought, you know, let's venture out. Let's take a risk. I mean, the here's one thing. The fact you had, what, like six or eight villagers? Yeah. No, yes. The limited villager idea was pretty interesting. So there's no booming. Now, something you could do was build a dock and we well, already have docks and make fishing you have four ships. docks, so. So yeah. you could kind of fish boom on that map. Oh, I, I did fish. I did, I did do that at the beginning, yeah. But um, other than that, you can't. So you've got to really protect those vills. Now, some of them are quite exposed. Like the ones on the bottom stone could get quite easily sniped by enemy ships. So I lost a few that way. I, I like how you're explaining the campaigns in a very strategic fashion. I think that's quite amusing to me. I think that's like, just the way my brain works. It, it, your your brain is like it's a campaign but in your mind it's a competitive one-on-one match like that's how you're describing <laughs> gotta bring um, my a game every time that's what it's about yeah. yeah yeah people are gonna like listen to it it's like oh, i'm gonna be able to beat this one hard now um i i will say another thing another nice kind of so so yeah overall i think takeaways from the, the second mission was um the hour is kind of daunting so but i mean now that you say that it makes it less daunting because I didn't even realize how much time had passed. Um, the second thing I want to mention is I think the limited villagers and kind of having to garrison on garrison troops was kind of fun. A little mini game I was playing as well or keeping buildings alive and, and stuff like that. Um, the third thing and I thought this was pretty cool is you could pay at some point 500 gold to have um, the Mongols, the Mongols. The joined Mongols. Your yes. Yes. I thought that was pretty cool. I will say they're uh they said they were going to bring the wrath of whatever, and they only sent a couple calves. But I think, <laughs> to be I think fair, the main I th- advantage is that the the mate like this the teal city Aleppo is that they then focus all of their armies on destroying the Mongols, so it buys you a lot of time for you, that other city Tripoli. Yeah, it, it, I, I think that's what it was that for me as well. It was like Tripoli. Essentially, you help Tripoli out without having to move your own units there. So How did you I'm get on with moving the Crusaders around? You know, you have to give them commands. They didn't listen to anything I said. Yeah, I had some issues. Like, I had to type it maybe three times, whatever it is, 210, 210, 210. 
to actually get them then to say, yes, we're now defending Tripoli. So that could do with some work. Yeah, I think because so so to explain it to, to Chris here, OK, essentially mm-hmm. you couldn't control your allies. Right. But you had the ability to like use different taunts to try to get them to do stuff. Um, but it, it really didn't work. So that was the one yeah. part that was kind of uh, didn't so work. You never quite campaign. know how the game's designed either, do you? You don't know um, whether you're just shouting at nothing because usually that is just for chat. Um, well, but they, they actually tell you to use taunts. <laughs> I do they? And then it doesn't work. <laughs> you know what? The I'm glad you started mentioning tells. those city names again because I was I was stuck way back in... Um, in uh, Back in England. Yeah, we should have mentioned this was in the Crusades. About, yeah, this is the Crusades, yes. With the Mongols, it's like, whoa, this is the sort of easy jet of the Middle Ages. They're kind of all international travel on us. Um, but no, I'm glad that it's all happening over there. It makes a lot more sense to me now. Uh, the mission map, by the way, I think what happens is there's like an added half map that's shown on your screen when you do this campaign. That you're in the Crusades. Okay, cool. um, so, yeah. Yeah, you're not you're not just in England. Uh, but yeah, I, I think overall fun mission. Uh, it's it's not anything revolutionary, like a survival RTS mission. Um, it's it's a yeah. It was it was it was fine. Uh, I'll see what I think next week. Uh, once I've played the next two campaigns, I'll I see. can't wait. You you get the pleasure of conquering the Welsh, which we'll have uh, a lot of fun <laughs> talking about. <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! I won't tell you what comes uh, after that. For any Welsh listeners people. who'd like to a one v one egg in a uh, in a call a call to arms in an Age of Empires match, uh, let us know. We can make it happen. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it'll be a big event. Uh, but yeah, that's that's the takeaway. Um, so I guess to, to Chris's earlier points, I want to mention. So first campaign is kind of hybrid between adventuring around, and then you then you kind of build up and then conquer or destroy a couple of buildings. Um, second mission is just survival. Um, you can take over some things to get the tech, but I mean, I guess it depends on what difficulty you are and, and how serious you're taking it. Um, but if you just survive long enough, you're good. You, as long as two, as long as the castle survives in each of the cities. So those are kind of the first two uh, missions. Um, I kind of want to get Chris from what you've heard from all of us. This is excite mm. you. Would you want to play these missions? Or are you kind of like that's probably I, fine? <laughs> what, what's I your take? Do. On? You know how you can get like block a bit of writer's block or something if you've kind of about doing something it's not quite happened and then you've kind of you've stood off it for a little while i had a very busy week or two just gone i've not downloaded the the expansion yet so i'm kind of about outside looking in but i'm getting this kind of block as to you know going to just the button i've not done it and i'm living in fear of this all this land of burgundy and all this loveliness and all these castilliers and I'm yet to be attacked by uh, a plus 44 burst, so I, I feel totally underprepared for the world out there. <laughs> Maybe it's a bit of COVID anxiety coming through. Maybe I just need to throw myself in, but um, oh I just, I've been monkeying around with the with the Mayans in the last... last uh, nice, last nice. Yeah, yeah, so maybe I just need to take the plunge. Um, I will say this much. I, I think the one thing that's motivating me to play these campaigns is that it's it's just... It's kind of weird to say, but it's only three campaigns that I'm focused on. I've uh, I've like tried to beat all the original campaigns multiple times, but then I'll restart because there's just so many campaigns and I forget how far I got. Uh, so I guess that's something to keep in mind, right? Like it's I think there's a wealth of campaigns. I guess the hope is that as I do these expansion ones, that they're a little more tailored 
Um, and if they're only focusing on three, three, these three campaigns, I think they can make them a lot more interesting than, yeah. uh, than if they're just, you know, if, if imagine if they're like pumping them out or like when, when the first campaigns came out, all like they had to have the whole, all the campaigns ready for the original game. Right. Um, which I guess was only four. Yeah. So what am I even talking about? I've got a question um, for you guys, actually. Um, do, yes. do they feel quite innovative or, cause I, I, um, with campaigns, I, I kind of find that sometimes they can feel quite linear. You're you're supposed to do kind of you can't, you're supposed so to follow it through. Remember, like sort mm-hmm. of Medal of Honor syndrome. I don't know if you ever played that. Yeah, uh, as a first person shooter, you kind of there's an intended pathway through it, and you know, I often get sidetracked back into random maps just because of the variation there. So far, from the two missions I played, I think it's fine. Um... I like like honestly when it when it came to the first mission you could beat it in a number of ways right you you could kind of choose how you're going to do that um the second mission as well it's like you can choose to be more adventurous you can kind of stay in the walls um this is this is my fear with rts campaigns is, is they do become really repetitive at times right like at some point there's only so much so much you can do so the clever little mechanics so like like paying the gold to this other army i think was really nice um Things they can do yeah. to make it not seem like the base game is their best bet. It's kind of this weird thing. If if all your missions end up just being okay, and then boom and win, you know, right? If that's the only thing you do, then then I think they then I might as well just play uh, ranked one v ones, right? Exactly. Uh, so so that I so far so good for for the first two missions, but I'll I guess I'll tell you as we go forward if I if I feel they're starting to get more repetitive. <laughs> I won't I won't spoil anything. What's coming up? We'll get your fresh reaction next week, Robert. I just want that one campaign mission where it just like all of a sudden just zooms in on one character and there's just like this, you know, a, a fight scene and that's like that's the mission. It becomes a completely different game type. It's not an RTS anymore for a second, you know. You're that's something I miss from Age of Mythology, actually. They had cinematics to start the campaigns. Now these ones you get kind of an animation with some pictures and some text. And but at least in, the red. <laughs> In Age of Mythology, you got like a cut scene, and then the cut scene then like zoomed out into the campaign, like, and then you start playing, which was a really nice yeah. feature. Yeah, I think I think way. RTS campaigns definitely benefit from 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 cinematics. Um, I think the reality is is that I'm very happy that they have any any kind of content, right? Like that's that's the reality of this game, because for good cinematics, you'd have to you'd have to justify it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Like AOE four, at least it's like a brand new game. So the idea is like maybe you'll get some new people, right? But with AOE two definitive edition, um, it's it's like we get the I scraps. Love, we get the scraps. Yeah, it's it, it was still quality. It's just, it's just yeah, they're not going to spend extra money on animation. I feel. Yeah. So maybe a little throwback, guys. Um, did anybody play on Age of Empires one? I think it was one of the first campaigns. Um, I thought it was one of the best campaign missions I've, I've seen across the whole series. Um, it's called Holy Man. And you start it's the with, yes. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> Age of Empires one, haggard beast, and it's like serious danger time. Like you, you are literally getting battered by villagers with a bone, and it's really tricky. And it, it really gave kind of a new dimension to it. Even if you you can like snag yourself a short swordsman, that's not enough to take on anything. You just got to stealth, hide in the shadows really brought a new dimension to the game which is quite good um so yeah they have the as you say uh, robert it's there's a kind of nice potential there to mix up the, the standard gameplay that really just sticks out in my head that one from back in the day 
no for sure for sure i and i played i played a lot of the i mean it's the new definitive edition versions of the original campaign so they're a little altered than the original aoe um but yeah the original run of this podcast i, I was kind of going through those missions doing my yeah. reactions and then doing a little histories type thing but uh i would say the the one thing that I started feeling with those campaigns is that is it really at some point it was like base game, boom, done. Like it, it started getting a little repetitive with some of them. Um, so some of them had really clever ones and other ones it was just like build up and, and get a big army. Uh, so so I think when it devolves into that, that's that's when I get the most frustrated with RTS campaigns. Um, and I think as well, the tough thing is without cinematics, right to your point, is I don't have characters that are I'm as related to, right? I think that's one thing, I mean, forgive me for saying this, but in StarCraft with the cinematics, with the characters individually and the little plot lines that are happening, I'm much more invested in the particular characters. Um, so having the mission be related to the plot and, and having those characters that you kind of follow along, I think helps. Um, but it, it, it's a little different feel. Like it's a little more historical, like, oh, you're learning about history. You're learning about this significant figure, but I don't have a personal connection to them, right? I don't have like a, a bunch of cinematics that makes me, you know, really feel tugs at my heartstrings. I don't know. Yeah. So uh, I suppose that's 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 one thing that's different. Like multiple ways that you can go about winning or getting through it is good as well. Because usually it's just like, is your hero? He's got good attack and good like health, <laughs> but if he dies, you die, and it's kind of it's, it's just a condition for victory or defeat rather than you know some. Oh, I hate really that. Your relationship. If you're gonna give me the hero, let me use the hero in battle and not worry about it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So it's be fair, like that's what they have done on this one. If it, it for the first part of the mission, you can't lose him. But once you get into that second stage where you own your yeah, town, yeah, yeah. he can die. Now, when he dies, he gives you kind of a fun little voice line, um, and you're told <laughs> to kind of continue anyway. Um, so that that is something I think that they did well there because it's just really annoying. What I used to, what I do with him generally is I garrison him in a castle so he never dies. Yeah. yeah. I, last point on this, because I, I, I would like to move on to the other points of the game that we want to get to today. Um, this ran a little longer than I hoped, but that's good. That's good. I mean, that's why we're doing weekly shows now, so we can uh, get through more topics, but discuss them at length. Um, the, <laughs> I just wish there was like hero missions where like your character just didn't die like you know what i mean like like you just ran through an army by yourself or something or with like a small group of units i think that would be pretty cool but that's maybe just my uh what is it uh power fantasy type you know uh lord of the rings against like all odds type fighting i don't know kind of nice you get a good swashbuckling kind of feel yeah yeah, yeah. you're just hacking your way through the crowds it's sort of a nice the caribbean vibes yeah yeah, yeah um okay with that i think we'll move on uh egg you recently uh had a tournament that you were part of you want to talk about a little uh care to uh, inform us of what this was yeah it's quite good to just mention to people that these exist it's a good way for you to improve it's also good to watch them on twitch there's quite a few discord tournaments so that's something you can sign up don't worry they are elo capped so you're not going to go up against the Viper. You're not going to get smashed by these pros. You enter a tournament with, say, a ceiling. So our, the ceiling on our tournament was 1750. Now there's a little bit of wiggle room there that the average of the players needs to be less than 1750 were the rules. 
Mm-hmm. And then, so the one I was bumped, there's a Discord called Palm, and the guy is called Palm, and he casts all the games on Twitch after they've been played, which is quite cool. Is that, can, how's that spelled? P A L R P A L M Palm. Mm-hmm. And the uh, the tournament we were playing in is called the Crusades. I say our, our Elo limit was 1750. We came in as quite a kind of a low seed, me and my team. So that was me, Egg, uh, a guy called King Boo was playing. A guy called Dan MT was playing. So these are the guys from the GB server. There's also a guy called Bot Marley playing. I was only selected for the role that I'm good at, which is playing Britons on Arabia. And I think actually <laughs> that's the only role I took all tournament. I did play a few Saracen games actually as well. So I play like a really specific role. Um, so the Arabia games were mine. And then there's kind of a map pool you chose from. So I don't know if you guys know kind of all the different maps there's some maps you won't know so there's a map called bedouins which is kind of like a new map in the map pool called um african clearing so that's yeah, one of the current I saw that is that kind of a bit of an arabia derivative are you sort of in a big wooden encirclement rather than it just yeah there's, so there's a ring of wood around the outside but yeah. a big difference to arabia is it's a nomad start ah. and there's lots of shorefish so it makes indians who get the shorefish bonus a really good pick on that map. Yeah. But anyway, our That's team was... worth it, Jack. It's a quick pop question. I know that got nerfed yep. recently. Is it st- are they still definitely heads and shoulders above if you get your fish? What, for Indians? Indians, yeah. I wouldn't say head and shoulders, but I think any map that has shorefish on that you can take with your vills easily, Indians are always going to be a really solid pick, especially... Yeah. Cheap as well. Yeah. Especially with the buff to cavalry archers now. So that just gives an option um for indians to get an archer they don't get arbalest but they do get really good cavalry archers so that makes them extra viable so that's that's what our team was picking they were going to they were going indians they were also going spanish for the conks and they were going turks for the cavalry archers so it's like a really mobile combination like you only have cavalry units so you have your camels your cavalry archers and your conquistadors and then because it's a very open map hard to wall we were able to really, really dominate. So that was our strongest one. The other map that got played a lot is called Team Islands. Um, and we were actually knocked out of the tournament by a Finnish team on that map. They went for a very unusual strategy, something I've not seen before. Um, how familiar are you guys with the Persian douche? Uh, all strength town centers, aren't they? So you can basically whack, delete, send your bills forward, stick it down and basically mop up anything with the patience yeah so our team got persian douche for the final to kick us out uh we know we didn't make it to the final but uh, made it to the semi-finals but on the third and final game that was the kind of the decider because uh, we lost on arabia um we won on bedwins our strongest map and then it came to this final team islands match they had a flank player well, a finished flank player he was um playing persians which isn't that uncommon so you've got no reason to suspect the douche and because it's Team Islands, he actually took his vills around 20 pop, put them in the transport ship, sent them across to our islands, and then douched one of our players who was playing water. And it was so unfortunate. The original douche failed because he managed to vill fight and kill loads of vills. He sent the transport back, got a few more vills. During that time, Bot Marley did everything he was supposed to do. He started walling in the town center. So he started built because it's partially built. So he started walling it in. He just left and even double palisade walled some of it and just left a little corner that he didn't see. And then he was able then to bring his vills and then just 
build that tiny little corner, garrison all his bills, and you will not win. If there's two town centers shooting at you, you will not beat a Persian town center. Uh, and it just snowballed from that. We, they never managed to defeat the landing on the island. Um, and he managed ended up getting slung. He managed to get Paladin. And uh, that's all she wrote. But it's a lot of fun to play in that tournament. And I kind of recommend it to everyone. As I say, just go in at your elo and uh, have a lot of fun and get that kind of experience and that teamwork. How, how much uh, players were there on each team for the tournament? So... I'm fairly sure it's unlimited the number of players you could actually have, providing they're all eligible. So the rules on being eligible, you needed to have played five 1v1s in the last 30 days. And the maximum ELO you could be was 1850. And But as a whole, your team had to average equal or below 1750. Mm. It's interesting. I guess you could get some really well-balanced teams that are probably trained together. They're probably all 1750 limited individually, but like quite good together. Then you could get some teams where it's like, right. Okay. We've got two absolutely dominant. You might have one, you know, really aggressive flank and one mega boomer. Then you might have one guy that you've got to protect a bit. Who's, who's a bit lower. Then you've, you've got that wriggle room in terms of the average. Quite interesting to see how that goes. Yeah. I, I did end up playing against, some teams that had, say, a 1,500 player, and it didn't go well for them. Always targetable. Wait, wait. If it's, if it's averages, do they have to play? Does that player have to play, I guess? Is this like best of five? Is this... So the, the games were kind of a, um, a best of three. Now, they don't have to play. No one do... has to play. <laughs> what you could do... I mean, this is pro- I'm sure the tournament has something for this, but I'm just thinking, like, if you're thinking about averages, you'd. Oh, I, I guess to be fair, you, you're your elo like an you have an upper uh, and and like a lower and upper limit for your elo, right? Oh uh, no! So in any okay. three, any three, in any game, the three players you choose have to have an elo less than seventeen fifty. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, in any game, but I mean, you can have players on your team who are eligible to play who don't play for the entire set. You just... and There's the just 200 reason, and they bring your average. <laughs> so that's what we got. The, the joke that we call that, and we had one on our team, he was Squeaker, shout out. We called him Bench Boy. <laughs> so you can have a player who sits on the bench. Now, the reason for that is you might only use them for a specific map. And if your opponent doesn't choose that map, or let's say you're playing best of three and you're winning two games and you were going to play it on you, you know, the third map or whatever, they, they don't actually get a chance to play in that set so i was again like myself i was only used for a kind of a specific role which was arabia or arabia derivatives like um the, the gold mining map so you got the, all the gold in the center gold rush that kind of thing golden pits or so those were the maps that i was used for and to be blunt with you i'm a little bit one-dimensional as a player so that's why they only use me for that those those specific <laughs> roles listing man don't say too much don't give it all away well that's that's the room for growth isn't it is to kind of diversify myself you know learn to play water learn to play these other roles going forward you know i think that's the important thing and you see the better players being flexible and understanding the the different sieves whereas other people can be as talented i guess but then they're just if you've got your specific uh, favorite sieve set and too narrow a kind of pool of game plans I think that's where the top guys really stand out because they, they kind of understand every dimension of every matchup. 
Are you guys familiar with Huang? Yes. yes. So Huang, Huang's, Huang's famous for he's the, he's the most one-dimensional player in existence. He only ever plays Arabia and he only ever plays Celts with one strategy. Plays it very well. Like challenges the best players in the world. But if you were able to ban Celts, then you've defeated Huang. Ban him. Like a lot of the top guys frequently say, I just like I'd rather face. Yeah, you know, I'll face anyone outside the top five and Huang. Uh, and except for Juan, because um, yeah, it's a very just... annoying but yeah. successful. Like it's a high risk, high reward playstyle, so he can beat the best players in the world with it. Yeah, yeah. he ignores his own eco and just kind of yeah. goes all in, throwing towers up and forward forward production and all this. In, in even in like the dark age, is is pretty monstrous if you've not seen it coming. Uh, yeah. Uh, sorry, uh, just distracted for a moment, uh, but but I'm very much enjoying your, your two breakdown. I feel like I, my, I've gotten a little quiet in the last little, couple of minutes, but that's good. It gives you a chance to uh, to talk about it a little bit more. Um, is there anything, any kind of final thoughts that you had on this uh, egg uh, for this for this uh, tournament? No, I mean, I just say big shout out, uh, big shout out to Palm for kind of casting the games. So that's really enjoyable, you know, to to get an audience and it's good to then review the game, watch it with the guys you played with. Have a laugh about it if you, you know, if you lost or whatever. Um, uh, I say it's just a really good way that if you're a player, you feel like you're stagnating. You're playing the one v one queue, and you're like, well, I'm kind of stuck where I am right now. Enter a tournament for your rating, and then you'll have the chance from that to really think about your games, have your games analyzed, and you'll be able to then take your game to the next level. So as I said, it's just a really good way for anyone to improve, really. And you might meet some new players, I imagine too, right? That might be good too. Um, I don't know. I don't know if that, that works or really not. Fun. That sounds really good fun. Um, I think with that, we'll get into uh, the last kind of portion here. Um, you wanted to take a look at nerfs to sieves. So, what are what are some of the most recent nerfs? Uh, egg and yeah, well, well yeah. So, I think a lot of people are. I've seen it on Reddit. I've seen it, you know, in in Discord, complaining about the two new sieves and. <laughs> Having had more experience and having had it done to me, I've yet to have Flemish Revolution done to me, to be <laughs> honest, because I don't tend to play Cavsivs. That might be why. But I have been um, have been rushed by the sergeants, um, so I'd like to <laughs> I'd like to see some nerfs. And I, and I think everyone kind of now thinks and accepts the Custilier unit, which is the Burgundian unique unit. It's broken. It's it's not only broken, but it's actually like have they have they hot fixed that? No, that, and I the doubt proc? they will. Like the things that they have hot fixed, fortunately, are the Lithuanian relic bug that's been hot fixed. But the Burgundian unique unit, and it actually even has a bug in it that it does something like double bonus damage against archer units. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They they haven't fixed that. So that's nope. Kinda... So at the moment, it will one shot cavalry archers. <laughs> Which is ridiculous because it's, the cavalry archers are such an expensive unit, and then to have the Burgundian unique unit just one shot it, it's it's so literally it, disgusting. They're not going to get rid of it because uh, they're like, doubt how dare you win a tournament. <laughs> I don't mind the concept of of its kind of uh, uniqueness for battles that you get that one strategic shot at d- uh, inflicting that damage or evading that damage or whatever. It's, it's just for raids. I think it just sounds horrific. Just the idea of somebody charging in with three or four, getting out, and then again within the minute. It just sounds too good. I like the mechanic. It, it just needs balancing. 
Mm. That's all it is. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting mechanic. It just can't be this strong. Yeah, maybe half the damage, perhaps, or something. Uh, I don't know how you could do it. I saw an interesting suggestion on Reddit that once it's used, it's moved. Now, don't get me wrong. Nerf the damage of the move as well. But then it moves <laughs> slowly. So it's then quite a slow oh. cavalry unit. So you could chase it down. So it charges in. It uses gets that, that charge. So it does a lot of damage yeah. initially. And then to stop it running away from you, it has to then move slowly while its bars refreshing. I quite like that as a mechanic. Sort of fits the, the idea... brief, uh, in terms of having a heavy weapon, it would potentially move quite slow, wouldn't it? I, I I like it. I like it. It would mean that essentially, if you're going to use it, you're then kind of committed to the fight. You can't just, or you can't just use it and run away. You kind of have to. Yeah, you have to commit to the fight because if you don't, then you'll be chased down essentially by a bigger army. Yeah, because right that's now a, you can, better idea. You, it needs something <laughs> changing. Yeah. Uh yeah okay and is that I guess those are the big things um that's I the mean, major I... I'll throw it back to you guys what are you seeing in the game that you think is kind <laughs> of too strong what's the bane of your life that you'd like to see nerfed uh I feel uh I feel really well I don't feel bad but I I kind of play solo games now so this this is I mean this trend has already started from last week when I was talking about Lithuanians but it's now gotten to the point that I. I'm not overly concerned by anything that's outside my base, just as the the rank that I'm currently in, um, because there's nothing. There's very little. The only time that I lose is if someone plants two castles and gets trebs before I do. Um, uh, but most games, I'm starting to get to a point where I'm ahead economically, which I feel really good about. Um, but it just kind of snowballs. Like I, I I take over the game because they're probably doing what I'm doing where they're not looking at what the opponent is. They're just kind of building their game and hoping to win. Right. Like that's kind of what you do in the lower ELO ranks. Um, but I feel like because of that, it's easy to get five relics. Um, so, so yeah, I, uh, so the, I'm just the, your... playing macro simulator. That's what I'm doing. So we need to nerf the Lithuanians. Is that what you're saying? Based on your, too much success you're having here, Lazero. We need to nerf but, Lithuanians. Okay. We need to pin Robert back a bit. Yeah, he's, he's going to be killing everyone with these Lithuanians. The, the, the reality is, right, it's it's because I think now that I have a very good grasp of what this particular Civ does and the timings of it somewhat and what I should be doing, I think it just means I'm going to win a bunch until I hit another wall where it's like, no, now you no longer can just A-click and win the game after <laughs> You know, you have to you have to start start moving the units around, positioning, uh, reacting what the other people do. It's not that I lose games. Like, sorry, the, the games I lose is the ones where where I'm pressured very heavily and I and I can't get my economy going. So, I suppose uh, if you if you see me on ladder, uh, just just do some kind of aggressive build, and that's that's the most likely way for me to lose. <laughs> I have yeah. one one point. It's, um, I guess touching on something I mentioned the other week in that certain skill, uh, certain abilities and mismatches don't always scale as you'd expect the lower the elo you go to oh yes mm-hmm. um one thing i've been doing recently i i don't know whether it was slightly inspired by doubt or what i i've been kind of having a bit of a go with lions recently and if you are no, i'm not i'm not terrible but the kind of macro your kind of um macro battle strategy if you like so i guess your control groups um how you set those up um obviously if you group a load of random units together you, they're only going to move as slow as the slowest unit oh yeah that's that... engaging so that's obviously something you want to avoid I've just been thinking about 
potential ways to do that because really you want say if you've got a load of archers you want to be able to maneuver them uh, purely uh, so that you can maximize the attributes of the archers but then similarly you're going to want a meat shield so you've got fast units in your eagles and your booms with the mayans and also you've got skirms and maybe a bit of halb that um, they're obviously a lot slower so i've been having a few thoughts about ripping them like that perhaps so you could almost see your your booms and your uh, eagles as your kind of offensive units to surprise an enemy cause some havoc in an eco um they're obviously got the speed and together you could actually still maintain that speed and have them fairly wieldable then you have them kind of backed up by your um by, by say like halb skirm which are going to kind of win you the percentages in terms of the kind of the military to military fighting of course they are similar speed so i, I just wish that those mayan uh, skirms which that second um second spear they could just have some sort of tech whereby they could be as fast as plumes that could be a really nice little mixture you're trying to make the most broken unit in the game you saying bolt skirms faster than the lithuanians with yeah, two oh, exactly. shots two javelins just running around yeah. the map one-shotting everything I'm, I'm basically wanting something that doesn't exist for a good reason um it's just something to I guess think about and consider how how uh, exactly uh, you go about managing your units to to yeah. maintain their pace and things like that. Uh, here, here's the thing. So if if you, what I would do if like if you're essentially because I imagine you know most low elo games like it's really like one battle you're focused on, right? Like I I don't think you're you're sending multiple units, but if you are sending for, especially eagle warriors who are a little faster, right? You you're probably sending them individually. So I just send them to do their own thing. Maybe have them on another hockey. Maybe literally just double click them and send them somewhere else and let them do their thing. Um, but when it comes to like a bigger army, I would suggest almost, especially if I don't have the hockey for it, just right before the battle happens, double clicking the the unit that you kind of need to micro. So maybe the archers double clicking them. Um, I don't know. To be yeah. blunt, ultimately, ultimately you could just put everything on a hockey. Like that is what better players could do or they just do little boxes in between fights but there's, there's always the question of why, why you've got four four units exactly chris exactly <laughs> my question no one no one makes four different types of units yeah, yeah. you make most you have like three control groups you might fit a classic like you'll just have plumes and yeah. then you'll have siege and you might have some monks or to make Four different types of unit. It's better just to kind of mass one, and then yeah, you invest yeah, in the text for that one, and it does the job. Because I mean, what's going to counter plumes? Like plumes are one of the best units in the game. They're not going to be yeah. go units that you need other units to deal with. Like you don't need like cavalry are not really going to counter plumes too well. Um, so you you don't need the halb, for instance. So you could just go plumes. What counters them? Skirm. So you add siege. Plume siege. To have, you know, the four different types of unit, for me, it's like you're just dividing your efforts. Yeah, you're causing more of a problem for yourself. And, and you'd have to tech the those things. Exactly. You need to tech the diff all the different techs to make them work. It's better just to focus your efforts and get your, 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 one, your one type of unit. I'm painting a picture of a guy who's sort of stagnating in his ability, aren't I? This is a few 
stolen uh, random maps kind of on my own in the evenings. <laughs> so I, no, sure no, no, no. I mean, on competitive to, to be fair, playing, I'd probably be a bit more streamlined and erudite with, with how I went about it. I, I think, I think, like, if there are certain situations where you kind of have to respond to what the other person is doing, right? Um, yeah. But there, I, I would say from an end game perspective, like the person who gets to that end game and gets the fully maxed out, you know, whatever my winning unit is. Yeah, is what's your Lithuanian gonna... end game? What's what the comp do you go for with Lithuanians? <laughs> what's your dream? Your dream comp? What wins you? My dream your, comp. Your Elo. What's the what's the winning composition? Is it Paladin is that the last one? Paladin. Oh yeah. Is and, it just uh, Paladin? that wins i mean sometimes it's just paladin um it depends on if they have castles up or not if they have castles up i might throw in uh either build my own castle get some traps going um or or build like a bunch of re- siege workshops and build the uh the cannoneer uh is that the right word cannon cannon like movable cannon Let's the bombard cannon Lombard cannon that's the word uh so yeah it's either it's literally just either those two units yeah it's either trebuchets and paladins or it's paladins and bombard cannons yep yeah, i've got a challenge match coming on here i i really fancy um sending out a load of rams just roving scouting rams just to try and find that bloody monastery and uh just put <laughs> uh, you've got it you've got to have a really well protected monastery if you're the lithuanians and uh yeah i quite like the idea of hunting one down See, see, this is the thing, though. I, if they, if someone overfocuses on my monastery, especially if it's like really close within my base, it might give me enough time to build up enough units to like survive whatever the wave is. So I'm not overly, like, as long as I don't put it in the front line where Treb's gonna hit it, like, it's not anyway. Yeah, I, I feel if 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 we end up playing, uh, I think we should do it like a like a best of five, and we should have different sieves, um, because I'll probably win the Lithuanians one, but then be really bad with all the rest. So <laughs> that 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 that's my guess, uh, Chris. If we were to get into it, well, um, I won't be the. Minus I think we'll definitely organize it sometime. Yeah. Um. Okay, we're we're nearing the hour mark. I think I'm going to call it here. So uh, I I hope everyone enjoyed it. Uh, like I said, I, I think this is a good length, especially if we're doing weekly shows. Um, and yeah, if we have other topics, I'm sure they'll come up during the week. We'll be able to to get them out of our system uh, next week. But I hope you enjoyed it. L- lots of focus on the campaign this week. Um, and, and some nice, uh, uh, I guess, talking about the tournament and everything as well. So uh, yeah, uh, I think from myself, from Chris, from Egg, from jack here i'm gonna i'm gonna keep alternating but but uh, we were talking about that earlier I'll, I'll i'll need to decide at some point which name to call you call everyone or everyone needs to switch to uh, whatever uh <laughs> from all of us we hope you have a good week and you enjoy the show and uh goodbye take care Cheers.